Bust it, is you? Fuck it, two shots, fuck it Bust it, bust it, bust it, bust it You're from Colorado, right? Yeah, I was born and raised in Fort Collins. Oh, nice. And yeah. then you went to Cali for like work or? Yeah, I got a travel nursing gig out there, not actually taking an assignment, but working with a tech company and an agency. And then, yeah, ended up just staying for like five years. I just loved it. And then pandemic hit and I was like, okay, this has got to be, this has just got to end. It's just, I, it was just so dirty and so covid out there and I wasn't working in a hospital, so there was no need for me to really stay. Yeah. And I missed my family. I hadn't seen my parents till this weekend in a year. Wow. Yeah. I know the travel nurse struggled, dude. I was I was traveling for like two years around the country. No fa- not seeing any family or anything. It, it takes a toll. Absolutely sure. it does. I definitely agree with you. It's um yeah, it was really intense for a long time and I just kept thinking, like, why am I out here? I miss my family. Why am I here? Spent all the holidays by myself and I was just like, This is the dumbest thing ever. We're moving. So we moved. <laughs> Dope. Yeah, I'm really happy with it. Is Cali as bad as everybody says it is? Oh, yeah. Like, the the people and the food and the views and all that, I mean, it's fantastic. Living there is fun. But how bad it is in COVID is absolutely as bad as people are saying it is. It and, like, sucked. the lockdowns, too. They say the lockdowns are pretty shitty, too, over there, right? Oh, yeah. They let us, like, maybe 12 in at a time, even in, like, grocery stores and stuff. You had to make, you'd like, like, X's you could stand on to go shopping. Everything was sold out. Nothing, nothing was open. And if it was, it was, like, takeout. But even then, it was not. Like even like the takeout you could do with Uber Eats and stuff like that. It wasn't really like you could go to the restaurant. It was just really crazy. And forever. I mean, it just lasted forever and still not getting anywhere any better. Damn. Yeah, I heard there's still. And it's like um, there's like a certain hour you can't do stuff, right? Like after 930 or 1030 or something. One of those. Yeah, I think we had a few different curfews. I'm not sure I ever not on purpose listened to them. I don't think I ever like knew them. I mean, they changed so often, right? Like everything mm-hmm. was changing on a daily basis if not like hourly and I know it sounds crazy but it's true it was so quick how things would change from different colors of counties versus when you could go out versus if the beach was open or if the strand like the walkway was open or if it wasn't and it was just like hard to keep up with so you ended up just staying inside to not get in trouble yeah which is totally great but like it just gets old after a really long time yeah for sure I was in DC before and then after the lockdown and it was like before it was the probably the coolest place I've ever traveled to. And then after it was probably the worst place I've ever been. <laughs> it was like all the cool, all the cool stuff was gone. And the only thing left was like the millions of homeless people, mm-hmm. you know? And it was like, yeah, they were like definitely. everywhere. I heard that's a big thing in uh, Cali too. Yeah. It's been really nuts there. It's just, everything is bad. Really. It's just bad. It's like, it's even the places mess. that have some stuff kind of open, it's just, they changed again you know it's like then they'll just those will close too and yeah it's just really there's no consistency there's really like a lack of leadership and it's just been really insane for sure so i am glad to be out and i really love denver yeah denver's dope dude i was there like it's so funny that you were saying you were i know going. I you like, were saying that you were so close i was in breath yeah. a week after you but i went there to get away from the like protests or whatever down here on inauguration day oh that's right so i just worked <laughs> there was a, a lot going on um, in Denver, right? For that, like, for the mm-hmm. protests, that was wild. Yeah, I think it was okay actually, because they like sent us this this thing on our like apartment email that said 
you know, we should just be careful, like make sure your cars are parked in other neighborhoods if you can. Yeah. And then I didn't hear from any of the tenants actually that it was ended up being bad things. People were just like celebrating right the Capitol. So it actually ended up not being a big deal, but we definitely prepared for it. Cause I guess when it was BLM time, the streets were really, really like just intense. And for people who live down here, you had to like move stuff just so it wouldn't get hurt if you wanted to. So yeah, the same, the same thing happened in DC, but yeah, dude, we were living in, um, and DC, during and working at George Washington mm-hmm. University Hospital, like right in the heart of uh, Foggy Bottom over there, and during the freaking BLM protest, like the, do you remember that time where like um, Donald Trump like walked out to the church and it was like this super controversial thing, you know? Do you remember that? He like walked out to the church and like held the Bible up or something. I feel like I remember that. I just can't remember what happened with it. Yeah, it, it, it was like on the news because they, they, apparently they like tear gas the protesters and stuff. So everybody was kind of like up in arms about it. Well, I'm walking to fucking work, like minding my own business, you know? And there's mm-hmm. like, well, we, there were like swarms of protesters like every day on like 15th and 16th streets. And, and like we would use those scooters to get back and forth to work, you know? And uh, they like wouldn't even work. They would shut off like right at like 13th street, you know? And so we were like walking normally we just like walk right through the crowd but dude we're like walking through and then all of a sudden like a freaking war zone just erupts you see like you hear explosions and then you see like gas in the sky (laughs) it was like i felt like i was on like saving private ryan or something and uh that's crazy dude people were just like running on the streets and like like crying and everybody was freaking out i was like what the hell's going on so we just like walked as fast as we could through the crowd and then like the news was on at the hospital and they're like yeah freaking came out like tear popped a bunch of tear grass grenades i was like holy shit dude because we had to walk right in front of the white house like every day to go to work that's so crazy yeah it was sick dude i mean it was like it's a cool story to be able to tell people but i probably wouldn't want to go back and do it again absolutely it makes sense to me yeah so you came back to denver to uh be closer to fam yeah definitely my parents are from up north by Wyoming and so I didn't want to be in my hometown just because that felt a little too close for comfort not that they're not fantastic but I just know you know it's a small town yeah so I moved to the city but yeah I love it and I just wanted to be closer to family I wanted a bigger spot for what I was paying in LA and I really wanted a view I just figured if I'm going to be working from home and doing a lot of like the scrub shoots and stuff that I do um, from my house I wanted like a quality place to do it with a lot of light and space so that's what I got that's dope dude yeah, it's pretty awesome. That's I really love it. Cool. I can see the mountains right now. It's so nice. Oh, man, that's the coolest thing about like landing there. And that mm-hmm. freaking horse, dude. That horse at the Denver International Airport. Did oh, you fly yeah, in? that's so funny. Um, I've done it. I've seen it a million times. But yeah, it is. It's kind of crazy. It has red eyes that light up at night. I know. I'm it's terrified so of flying. So like I saw that and I'm like, oh, my God, I'm going to die on this plane today. Yeah, it's it's pretty crazy. Yeah, actually, we we looked it up, and there's a really cool story. Apparently, it killed the creator. Like, uh, he was like working on the head. Oh it, yeah, I heard that too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it like it like fell on his leg, and then severed an artery, and he bled out in his studio. Yeah, it's so sad. I know, and um, there's been like petitions to get it taken down, like every five years, but they leave it up because they say it makes people talk about art. Which yeah. it does, because I didn't even know any of that existed until I saw that horse. So you said that you went to California on a travel assignment, but not like a hospital travel assignment? What's that all about? 
Well, it was the travel um, agency that I was working for. So it was like I got a job with an agency, not like as a travel nurse. Oh, you were like a recruiter. Kind of. I was their like brand ambassador. So I did a lot of the marketing and kind of was just like the face of their company for a long time. Are you allowed to say what company it was? Oh, yeah. It was USSI. It's for sure public. Oh, nice. It's called United United Staffing Solutions. Yeah, it was really fun. I actually really enjoyed it. And then I left there when I was... Uh, I think after like two or three years, it wasn't, there really wasn't a reason. It was just, it was just time. And I was moving forward with a few things with, with Turk uniforms. And then the Wanderly people asked me to join them and it just was kind of, it all fit together. So now I'm kind of doing the same thing I was doing for USSI, but for Wanderly, which is a travel nursing technology company. Yeah, I love it. It's honestly fantastic. I I get to work from wherever, which is nice because when the world wasn't shut down, I was still doing keynote speeches and things like that, which were which are still very important to me, but I had to travel all the time. So there was no like taking a, a floor position for me anytime soon, Yeah. which is when I made the decision then to just go get my master's since I wasn't going to be able to be in the hospital. I wanted to do clinicals and things like that. And I don't know, just still keep my, keep my hands in nursing in some way because I knew that I was not bedside and yeah, now I will certify as an FNP and and hopefully do some primary care stuff or possibly some aesthetic nursing. We'll see in the when the world reopens. That's awesome. But yeah, for right now, it's been really nice to have like the online stuff just because it's obviously we're in a pandemic. But yeah, I definitely loved what I did in California. It was really fun. It's just not necessary to be there anymore to do it. So did that all start after the whole... Um... So we were talking about... I'll drag out an echo to you, bro. Were you... Where are you coming in from, Javi? Just my room. Same spot I'm always in. <laughs> oh, turn your computer volume down. How do I do that? Just fucking hit the down button, dude. Oh. There? <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> fucking technology retard. Uh, so this is uh, Javi. Javi is actually um, um, in CRNA school right now. So he's... Uh, how far along are you, Javi? Uh, two years along. Well, over two years. So I'll be done in December, God willing, 2020. Nice. Congrats, man. That's thank you, bro. So yeah, that's sick. close. That's so nice for sure. I know. Hobbies, it sucks uh... though because it's like I'm working for free right now. I feel that. <laughs> yeah, I, I totally feel that. When I was in clinicals, it was especially my last year. I was. I remember like 180 hours. I did that three times, I think. So it was probably like almost 60 full shifts. And I for sure was working by myself. Like I had, you have preceptors, but at that point they're like, nope, you're taking all the patients, you're doing everything, which you should do and is fun. And, and for sure it's not a problem, but it was, I definitely know what you mean. Cause it was, it, flu season was one of them and Ouch. it was, it was just intense. So I, I just get that. I understand that for sure. She's yeah, a nurse practitioner? Yeah. Yep. I, I graduated in May. Nice. Yeah. That's it. Congratulations. It was, I, I haven't gotten a job with it yet specifically because of the pandemic just i have jobs that will keep me at home which is where i want to be right now um and obviously i could move with it but for sure in within the next six months like i think with vaccinations it'll start to reopen i absolutely want to take a job it was just at the time it was just crazy when i first graduated it was in may and i was like hold on a second and we just need to well and i think a lot of places were on a hiring freeze simply for liability because that was when everyone was really upset about the ppe shortage as they should have been Mm -hmm. but because of that um i we had so much stuff we were doing i was just really busy and no one was hiring for liability to not be sued and so it's kind of just a, a waiting game and now that I've moved, it's like, I'll just have to get licensed here and stuff like that. So there's just some kind of like, I don't know, I guess loose ends or, or technicalities, but I'm excited and I'm happy for you. Once it's over, it's uh, 
really nice to be honest. Oh, I, I can't wait. Like I'm so I'm so excited. I haven't gotten any job offer. Yeah, well, I've gotten a job offer already, kind of, sort of, like nice. on the table, pretty much. But um, yeah, it's actually not too difficult, thank God, to find a, a job in our in our field with the anesthesia. Yeah, for sure. You're, so, uh, there's, yeah, so there's definitely cool. still a shortage. Your job offer, Javi, is it is it anywhere I know? Um, I mean, no, not really. Maybe. I mean, I'm sure you've heard of it, but nowhere that you've been. No, nowhere I've worked yet. No. That's yet. so cool. Yeah, nurse anesthetist. That's a fantastic. It's a high paying job. I think most people I've talked to because it was CRNA week last week have a lot of fun doing it and really like it. Because I remember I talked to Everett that he's the paramurse on Instagram, but he was in his um, like second semester, I think, as a student. He was saying, and I was just really glad to hear he still liked it because it's definitely very specialized. And I don't know how you really prepare to to know if you love that or not. So it's awesome to hear when people are really excited about it. Yeah, oh, no, yeah, like I, I love it. It's it's amazing. Like the, the field of anesthesia, the world of anesthesia is, is just amazing. Like there's so even cool. though you even though it's like refined within like it's refined, I guess, field, there's so many different avenues that you can take with it. And it's it's really amazing. And obviously the yeah, the pay awesome. is, is great. The pay is great, the autonomy is great. I know you guys recently down well, in Florida for nurse practitioners they have their their uh, full practice authority. I don't know how it is in Colorado, but um, oh, we're pretty much next up on the list to get that, that full practice oh, awesome. authority down here. Yeah. Very cool. Very, very cool. That's awesome. That is pretty dope. The par- you, you mentioned the paramur- the paramurse. <laughs> I follow yeah, that guy. Ever. Yeah. I messaged him a couple best. of times. He's a pretty cool dude. He is so cool and he works really hard and he has an awesome family and he gave so much of himself at the beginning of the pandemic traveling all over yeah. for crisis needs. I mean, he really is just a fantastic human being. Yeah. He's really cool dude. He he kind of went like uh, silent on on uh, social media for a little bit, and it kind of makes sense now that you said that he's um, in like the anesthesia stuff. Mm-hmm. It's, yeah, that's... probably for school. I didn't. I knew he was just taking a break. I, I was unsure of the reason, but yeah, I'm sure mm-hmm. he's so busy. He does so many awesome things. He's a really cool guy. Yeah, he's got a really educational page too. Mm-hmm. I like that. I like when like um, like the nurse Instagram people actually have something to offer other than like you know check out my scrubs kind of stuff. Like, yeah, uh, for sure. We had Trauma Guy on here too uh, a few episodes ago, and oh, Luis, love him. Oh man, he's so fucking cool, dude. That's cool. He so came you know, to like my all house the... in California, and like him and his wife, and they actually stayed a few days. He's we were pretty close to. Yeah, we're. I mean, I I know a ton of the influencers. It That's my, so cool. I know it's funny you mentioned like the page stuff though, because I've actually felt that mm-hmm. more recently, and a lot of the stuff that I do with like interviews or anything educational, it goes to the Cherokee page, which is exactly the way that I want to keep it. Yeah. And so I like it that way, but it is, it is fun to follow, you know, my fellow colleagues, especially the ones that are ambassadors with me. It's yeah, they're fantastic. I mean, we have an incredible group, I think of top tier, just our industry influencers, which is, I hate that word. It's such a silly word, but you know what I mean? Like just people yeah. who have big followings in our industry. I think there are other industries where you, I don't know, there's, it's not as, authentic or genuine or even helpful and i think nursing is one where we the people who have a lot of followers and who do those sorts of you know educational posts really are fantastic people also behind them which is really cool yeah yeah it's really cool so how did this all start for you like did this start with the whole view thing or did it was it like before that that you were really big into this like um like the the nursing kind of uh social media world or or how did that go I think it for sure started with the view. I mean, 
when I was headed to Miss America, that had been, I had such little pageant experience. I was not in the public eye whatsoever. I just graduated and passed NCLEX. And I'd actually just read right before this call, read my first offer letter for a nursing position in Des Moines, Iowa. And I remember being so excited about that. And Mm -hmm. when I went to Miss America, I had no idea what was going to happen, but the monologue just started going so viral that I did for my talent almost overnight that it was kind of like, there was no way of stopping it. Like I didn't even really have a say anymore of what my life was going to look like. And so then when, you know, the view thing happened, it just added this incredible element of, well, what does Kelly think about this? And people wanted to hear my side of them, you know, kind of making fun of me. And so that's when people started to book me for, for keynotes. And it just kind of built my love of public speaking and gave me this ginormous platform where all these nurses were upset with the view, but wanted to hear what I had to say about it because Mm -hmm. I was the topic of their discussion that day. And so it was really a a unique opportunity for sure. And a very, very cool teachable moment, but that's what led to everything. And then when I competed for Miss California, I truly didn't think that I was going to win. I mean, it was just so many people. And then that just, when I did win and went to Miss USA, that gave me this kind of, you know, it just propelled me into this huge uh, furthering the microphone, I guess you could say. And it was, yeah, it just was really, really great because people, you know, who are nurses or in healthcare, when they watch shows like that, if they're into it, I don't expect anyone to be, but if they are, they look for someone that's, you know, relates to them. So having a nurse up there is pretty cool, but I would definitely say it started with the view and then doing the public speaking tour I did in 2016. That was, I mean, I gave like 80 keynotes within two years. It was so cool. So I think that's how people started to get to know me and the following and, and things like that. But yeah, it's, it's, it's a unique spot to be in though, being in pageantry, but also being very new to pageantry and being nothing like what you would think, I think, about the stigma of pageantry. I was going to say, so you, you weren't a, like one of those little, like, made-up little eight-year-olds? No, not at all. No? Gosh, no. <laughs> Miss Colorado was, like, one of my first I don't like, know. I'm pretty sure pageants. I saw you on one of those shows with, like, the crazy moms. <laughs> That's so funny. My mom mm-hmm. would have never. It's hilarious. But, I, <laughs> yeah, it just kind of started, I think, with The View, and then it just took off. And now it's become this thing where I really try to find balance in am i scrubs am i in am i pageantry am i hair and makeup am i nursing am i school and so i think i've been able to find a way to balance all of it and talk about all the things that i love but for a very long time i was nurse kelly and i was boxed in as that for a long time without really even having a say in it and i absolutely don't want to sound ungrateful whatsoever being nurse kelly is the joy of my life it's just there are other things that are are i'm passionate about and so when pageant stopped for me it kind of gave me the opportunity to also pursue other things and talk about more than just healthcare on my, on my Instagram platform, which I hope that other people find the freedom to do as well. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Did you ever get to clap back at that one chick that, um, what was her, what was her <laughs> name that, that called you out? On- Joy Behar on The View. <laughs> yeah, no, honestly. So they offered me money and asked me to go on the show right oh, when nice. I was, when it all happened, but I actually declined. I think Miss America actually declined for me. And then I declined as well, personally. And then by the time I was not Miss Colorado, because of legal things, they, I wasn't allowed to go on. So um, by the time my years Miss Colorado ended, obviously the the whole firestorm of what happened was over and they weren't wanting me on the show anymore. Not that I would have taken it. I don't, I don't know what I would have done. But um, when they did funny. want me on the show, I was being offered Ellen and Dr. Oz and E! News and all these other shows instead that it was kind of like, I don't need to go on The View to explain my part of this. And yeah. if I don't go on there, then I can go on a public speaking tour. So yeah, that kind of, some of those decisions were made for me. I was only 22 and Miss America for sure, you know, had the contract to what I was doing and who I was and what I was going to be up to for my year as Miss Colorado, which was fine. I, I didn't mind having them plan it for me, but yeah, that's a funny thing. I never really got to 
to tell them to their faces or anything, how they feel or explain <laughs> myself. But it definitely led to a lot of nurses wanting to know. So it led me to a public speaking tour I was really proud of. Did you do public, public speaking before or you just kind of like jumped into it? Yeah, no, not at all. I mean, I was valedictorian in college, so they made me give a speech at commencement. But other than that, I don't think I'd ever, I don't even think I'd taken a speech class that wasn't in like high school. So you just started standing really up in front of these people. Yeah, I really fell in love with it. I think I've always tried to be the funny one in my family. And so I've mm-hmm. liked to make people laugh. And I've enjoyed, you know, being, I was in like theater and stuff when I was little. So I've enjoyed being the center of attention in that way, like performing. And so it, it kind of felt natural. But I also realized once I was done with my speech, how many people that really did offend. I mean, the view really offended a lot of nurses and to be able to go up there and explain why this is okay and how we can get up again and go to work and it's going to be fine. And I've got your back and here's how we're fighting for nursing. Having, you know, hundreds of people throughout a couple of years come up to you and say, you're the reason I I kept going. You're the reason Mm -hmm. there's new enthusiasm ignited within my profession. You're the reason that I like, thank you. I was going to retire next year, but now I want to keep going. And I don't mean, I don't say that to brag. I just say that to be, to be that for nursing, which is like so difficult and such a hard profession felt really, really great. So it was just kind of all worth it. It all worked out for sure. So I don't know if you guys talked about it already, but for those who don't know the story about what happened with you and the view, um, what exactly happened? Oh yeah. So I probably go over that. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, no problem. I did. Everyone, obviously, people always ask, what's the difference between Miss America and Miss USA, right? So obviously, when I was doing Miss America, the difference is there's a talent portion and you pick talent and a lot of people sing or play piano or what have you. Well, I played volleyball my whole life. I was an athlete. So I didn't really have a stage talent per se. And so I just thought, well, I'm never going to win Miss Colorado, but they offer a lot of scholarship money. So I just thought I would go up there and, and if I was going to do it, I would just talk about nursing. It's what I loved. I just graduated past NCLEX. I was licensed. I was excited. And So I wrote this monologue about an Alzheimer's patient that I took care of. And the message was, you're not just a nurse. It's never okay to call you, call yourself that. It's never okay to call another nurse that because you're not just, I mean, we absolutely save lives and we're a ginormous part of the healthcare team that wouldn't run without us. So it's not okay. Mm -hmm. So I was, I, I wrote like a monologue about it is what they called it. It was kind of like a poem and it went viral overnight, 7 million views before the next day before finals night. So then finals night, it just, you know, went even further. And then the next day, the view the television show was going through all top 10 of the talent portions that were on live tv they were they were criticizing all 10 of us but when they got to me they basically made fun of my scrubs and they said i was reading my emails which i was talking about an alzheimer's patient so it's pretty offensive to a lot of people yeah and then they asked why i was wearing a doctor's stethoscope which you can imagine (laughs) insinuating that nurses shouldn't have stethoscopes is very offensive so it blew up (laughs) it was so crazy they had to spend three episodes apologizing to me and it was just, it wasn't really about me though. It was totally about the profession. I mean, they, they offended everybody, not yeah. just me, but that's what happened. And then everyone wanted to know what I was thinking and they started following me to figure out what is she thinking? Where is she going? And I barely even knew about it for a couple of days. Cause I was on my way to Ellen and all these shows that weren't because of what had happened. And so it was really crazy how much, how I found it out and went through, you know, the next week of my life defending us and, and going on all these huge talk shows to discuss it. But yeah, it was it was a really, really heated time in nursing, but I think it definitely brought us together and gave us this moment of like, we are not going to take this this behavior like this is not going to be tolerated. Yeah, it was cool. this bullshit. Yeah, it was definitely not OK. It was really ignorant comments and it really offended a lot of people as it, it makes sense that it did. And to be the center of it and be the one that's going on shows at 22 years old trying to discuss and defend an entire profession was a big responsibility that I'm I'm proud of I'm proud of the way I handled it but also just a very 
intense time that I look back on and I'm thankful for, but for sure was a very unique opportunity. I mean, that kind of stuff just doesn't happen. It was awesome. It was cool. Yeah, you pretty much crushed it, dude. Well, thanks. It gave nursing a ginormous platform and microphone to, to be spoken about and for people, opportunities for people to thank nurses. And it was just this moment of, of kind of like universal gra- gratitude for the nursing profession that we haven't really ever seen before. And we've been okay with it. We've been okay with not being, knowing we're not always going to be the, the, the hero or the one that's always thanked. And I, I mean, maybe not okay with it, but we've just, it's just kind of been how it was. And then when that happened, nurses were like, no, no more. I'm going to demand the respect that I deserve. I, I refuse to put up with this. And it was, oh, that was the coolest moment for me. It really wasn't about Kelly Johnson. It was about nursing. And it was just exciting to see it kind of all unfold. Yeah, that was kind of like the first, that was kind of like the first, um, you know, now you see like with, with the whole figs issue and like um, multiple issues before that, like you see the, the, oh, the nurses coming together as like a tribe, you know? And that was kind of the first time in my, at least in my career, or the, like my recent memory that nurses mm-hmm. all kind of came together and they were just like, no man, we're fucking tired of this shit, dude. You know? And everybody just kind of banded together and lashed out all at once. And you saw the collective power of, um, like the unheard voices, you know? Mm-hmm. And then, then we got louder after that, you know? And it was like, it was, it was kind of like a catalyst that helped like, you know, maybe give people that were a little too nervous the voice to speak up when people say some dumb shit man <laughs> like mm-hmm. really that's what it comes down to that was like well, that, i would just um, tell I people i remember the uh that senator one of the congress oh members, yeah the playing cards playing, playing cards so that's all we do is play cards yeah oh man. yeah there's been that. there's been a lot of of ignorant comments Slides. over the past yeah I, mean, I don't think it'll ever stop right like i think we'll always kind of have to be defending ourselves and i wish it was different but i the thing is it's just how nursing responds is my favorite part i love yeah. how we're not afraid to come together anymore and we're not afraid that. to demand that this stops and like keep trying and working for it And i think there will always be for almost every profession this kind of stuff that happens right there will be people who don't understand what everybody does in their in their job and may say something that's completely inaccurate and ignorant but the the way nurses come together and don't let this fly anymore is has been awesome it's really yeah. really cool to especially see especially with yeah, social media cool. like uh giving people platforms you know like ha- everybody has a voice now you know everybody can be mm-hmm. heard and as bad as that can be sometimes it's it it also can be like um you know a movement in a positive direction you know yeah i totally agree yeah and that's kind of like what we, that's what we kind of been doing about this whole, like the issue that, that we've been dealing with a lot, you know, like, um, I still work in an emergency department. So like, um, we are seeing more and more it, like through, throughout the country. I mean, I probably worked at like 10 different hospitals now and every hospital is dealing, especially post post COVID, like dealing with these, um, these like mass exoduses, you know, like these nurses that are just bailing on the mm-hmm. like the traditional staff position for contracts and, and other opportunities because the pay's not there the the ratios are insane you know mm-hmm. that the the lack of uh standard protections are like non like are, are so apparent you know like hospitals are are failing people and i just posted this little post about it like um maybe like a few weeks ago and really just that was the first time that I really started. Cause like, you know, I have like my own anecdotal experience with everybody saying they fucking hate their jobs and bailing. But like mm-hmm. when you see it resonate, like not, not just the United States. Like I, I had the nurses union from Australia and United Kingdom, like uh, messaging me 
about how they wanted to be a part of this and is is there any way they can help and it's like man like this is being felt across like the globe dude it's wild like everybody Mm -hmm. you know so it's just cool that that whatever you know little following i have i can use to try to you know enact some kind of positive change and I think that it's badass that people are still trying to do that. I think it's cool that you do that. I think it's cool that the trauma guy does that. I think it's cool that people like um, use, cause you know, social media gets such a shitty reputation and for good, for good cause. But like, I think it's cool that people are still trying to do good stuff with what this platform is capable of. I think it's pretty dope. Yeah, I agree. And I think there's also some sort of responsibility that comes with it too. I mean, I remember, when the PPE shortage was just horrible, I was getting messages hourly from nurses begging for anything from us. And we, I went to my people at Cherokee who were already working on it, of course, but we, we just were like, okay, how can we fix this? Like, what can we do? And I do think that there is some sort of responsibility when you have that big of a following to not necessarily save the world or give all your money away. I mean, I, we get it. Like everyone has to make a living and that's totally reasonable, but there is a responsibility to say something. And so that's kind of, for me, it's important for whether that be on my stories or in a reel or through a live Instagram on Cherokee to discuss things that are happening to nursing and in the world that are important to me. Because mm-hmm. I think that when you have that many people you do have influence on or whatever you want to call it, there's a responsibility to make sure that accurate information is going out, educational information that you're helping where you can for those that need you or that are in need. And so I do, I think that it's, it's not just necessarily about a number or a, a pretty photo it's really truly about using that following and having the responsibility and knowing that you it is on you to say the right thing and to do the right thing and to be a good example and to have it to to make the world a better place at any time that you possibly can and so it's tough for me when I see like even in the beginning of the pandemic when you do see people who have celebrity style followings and and they stay silent and I get it it's tough for some people to be political or they don't Mm -hmm. know what to say or they don't know what's right and they and it's easier for them to just kind of stay neutral and that's where their feed stays happy. And I totally get it. But for me, it's, I just choose to be different. I, I really do try to speak up, especially on my stories and discuss things that might be a little bit uncomfortable, but if they matter to me or might matter to my nurses, um, I do my research and I try to be educated on it before I do that. But I do think there's a responsibility to help when we can help and to speak up when we can speak up. It, it's important to me. Yeah. I feel like that brings so much pressure to like everything. Like that I do, like that I post. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm just saying, like, there's so much pressure that comes with with having that kind of following. Like, yeah. Oh, totally. I like, absolutely agree. I with could, that. I like, I could never imagine that. I feel like I have so much shit going on through my day to day that just thinking about posting things on social media and like that's why I don't like Scott's always putting up my 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 Instagram following. I'm like, don't. Like, <laughs> yeah. I'm I'm on private. Don't follow me. Like, I'm not gonna like, follow I'm you back. Good. I'm no, good. No, honestly. <laughs> Honestly, I've noticed even the shift and I totally get that now. Like I know Katie Duke and I are really close. We work together very often. And I remember, and I've watched her do a post before and I've seen, you know, how much thought she puts into it as she should. And it's really cool to see that. But it's also, you can tell she puts spends hours because she doesn't want to mess it up and she wants her brand to be well represented, which is good for her, but it does, it is time. And then for me, I had 50,000 followers, not even maybe two or three months ago. And now I'm almost at 75 and I don't know what this, I mean, just with the, the integration of reels and things like that it's just kind of skyrocketed and you see how many more people are responding how many more people are dming me how many more people are are looking at what i'm posting and so you do stop and think like 
okay, is this for fun? Is this, you know, is this good content? Is it just, you know, to be, make people laugh or whatever, or is this going to help? Or am I making a mistake by thinking I'm being funny, but it could be offensive. Like, you know, you just think all these things like mm -hmm. way crazier than I ever would have before, because now instead of, you know, I don't know, 2000 or whatever, we used to watch my story. It's closer to 15 on a very daily basis. So when I think I'm posting my breakfast, I have to realize 15,000 people are going to see this. Am I posting something like, should something not be in here? Like, you know, you know, you just yeah. think it's just, it really is. It is pressure, but I also enjoy it because I think I have something important to say and I have something valuable to add to conversations and I have intelligent contributions to conversations. And so I do think that I, I love, you know, having that responsibility it doesn't bother me, but a hundred percent, I think way more than I've ever thought before, before I post. And not because I felt like I was irresponsible before, but just because there's so many more eyes and ears listening. And if you have people that might be impressionable with something that you're going to say, then you need to make sure that it's really how you feel, what you think and something you're able to defend. Mm -hmm. Don't forget about the trolls too. Oh God, I get those. Yeah. I, yes. When I was talking about vaccines, all we posted for vaccines was accurate information was science was research mm -hmm. there was not even really an opinion it was oh, just trying to get information and you guys I, the amount of people telling me to jump off a cliff or be horrible <laughs> to me or gosh i mean the rude things people would say was insane i mean yeah there's definitely the trolls i've kind of learned to let them go i'm a little more defensive of my smaller of the small i don't mean smaller but people with less followings who start mm -hmm. to get bigger and people start to be mean i'm a little more defensive i've been doing this for six or seven years but yeah, it's not, yeah, you deal with that very, very often and it's, they can be very mean. And so you have to be able to either block or delete or let it roll off your back. But yeah, it's not, it's not when people think that they're anonymous behind the keyboard, they'll say some pretty awful things that you don't stop. I mean, you'll read 90 positive comments and that the one mean one will be the one that sticks with you. Right. So you do have to have some tough skin influencing, especially in our world is not for the faint of heart, but it's absolutely worth it if you get to a really good community and core audience that you believe in and that believes in you and likes you and, and encourages you, then it's pretty cool. Yeah, I agree with that. I think once you get to a certain point, like it, you kind of have like a responsibility to, to like uh, understand that like you can do something like that you have the ability to like, at least like offer perspective, you know, and even, mm -hmm. even just offering your own perspective and like your observation of the, your profession, for example, like in, in nursing, you know, like, like just vibing with what people are saying and, and seeing what they're seeing and not being like so different, you know, like, like as travel nurses, we often get like kind of have like this outsiders like um, stigma, you know, like we're never part of a cohesive group in the hospital. We're kind of like this one and they're always like, oh, you guys make so much money, you know, and like everybody's kind of like a little bit resentful of that. Um, yeah, I feel like having an Instagram following and and being a part of kind of the outsiders group, just like being like, dude, I see the struggle that you guys are fucking dealing with. And like, mm -hmm. I, I just feel like kind of a responsibility it's kind of mm -hmm. on you to like blow that up, you know, as much as you can, Absolutely, like whatever yeah. you have, like just give it to that profession. Cause dude, nursing is f fucking hard, man. And it's a tough, tough thing. And it's different than any other business. You know, we don't need to be like breaking each other down and thinking people are better or worse, you know, like I just mm -hmm. feel like throw out, throw out a good perspective and fucking, you know, like represent, represent. Yeah, you know? I agree. When I think it's also, when you say to like, you know, the perspectives that we have, I, not every time are we right, right? Like everyone has is totally entitled to their own opinion. I'm sure I've said things that have pissed off a lot of people. And I'm sure I've said things that most the most people in 
you know, who are following me agree with, but it's really not even really about being right all the time. It's mostly about just being true to yourself, being honest and not being offensive. Like I really don't believe in posting your perspective. If you have a huge following, if you're offending a large group of people, I really don't believe in that. I think those are things you keep to yourself. That's my personal philosophy. I don't think I, I hope not at least that I believe in anything that's offensive to a large group, but I just, I do think you should, you know, speak up and, and speak out for the things you're passionate about and educate yourself so you can be well-spoken on those topics. But I do think that, yeah, there's a responsibility to say some things. And there's also a responsibility to keep some things to yourself. And so finding that line is like the art of influencing. And if you're an influencer that just posts, you know, model photos or just product ads or whatever, then more power to you, make your money boo-boo. Like that's totally <laughs> great. But if you are someone who's getting on lives or reels or stories and you're speaking to people and you're, you're, you're influencing what they're thinking, I think that there's, you definitely have to be careful. And it's, I think it's a fun, I think it's a fun, not game, but fun. Just finding that balance for me is fun because I have people who will message me questions about, master's programs or nursing nursing students that want to know about NCLEX stuff and to be able to to know that I am well versed in those things but not just because I've looked them up but I've lived them and I've experienced them and I think I have you know quality information and advice that can truly help somebody that's really it's a really really good feeling and even if it's someone who just wants to know you know what lipstick I'm wearing that day as silly as it sounds that person might be going getting married the next month I don't know maybe she's looking for her wedding day lipstick like I don't know it just for me I think it's really fun and I think it's really cool and I think to be able to have to, to be someone that people care about what you think about them or their choices is is a huge responsibility and really humbling and a really exciting experience for me. I mean, I just I really I feel very honored and very blessed. And I know that sounds cheesy and you guys are probably like, wow, she's a PR dream. Like, look at her saying all the right things. But I really do feel that way. Sounds like, it rehearsed. Really is- Right. It's like a big canned answer. It's just it's so true for me, though. It's so nice to be able to know that people come to my page because they actually want to hear from me and not just because of other things. And I'm sure there are people who are on there for other things and whatever. You know, I was in pageants. I'm not like naive to that. But it is it's really cool to have a community of women, especially on my page specifically, that are supportive and really care about each other and care about me. And yeah, it's just really nice. I never I never knew that was possible until recently, you know, influencing wasn't a thing at all, all the time, but it is now. And I'm thankful that I'm a part of it. And yeah, I hope that everyone else who's listening, who's maybe trying to grow their blog or grow their following or wants to do what we do, you absolutely can. And we all start at zero followers, but you definitely have a responsibility. So make sure you're thinking about how you really feel about a lot of different things because you'll be asked, you know? Yeah, for sure. Well, hey, I know you have to go. You're a busy lady, but we really appreciate you stopping by. Appreciate you talking to us, sharing a little oh bit of perspective. Gosh, it's, it's my pleasure. I'm so glad you guys asked me to be on. I would love to come on again. I know I have to Let's jump off. I, the workday is not over for me. It's so funny because I'm in Colorado um, until five, so we have to do a little closeout meeting when in Pacific time. But I'm so thankful you guys asked me to be on this, and I can jump on any time with you. It's really fun. Dope. Um, yeah, to, we love to, to have chat you. with you and, and just chatting with more nurses is so fun too. It's like the best thing for me. So thank you for having me. I'm a big fan. Yeah, definitely. We got a lot of nurses. So if you want to talk to anybody, let us know. man. <laughs> every, yeah, totally I feel like, like we have like every branch of the profession, like <laughs> on this yeah, freaking right. podcast. Oh, I love dude. that. And same <laughs> yeah. to you. If any one of my buddies isn't responding or something, I'm sure they are to you guys, but you never know. Like, like I know Kelly messages. Johnson, you better answer me right now. <laughs> yeah. I'm just going to say, cause with filtered <laughs> messages, if they're a business account, they might not see a message from you. Yeah. So let me know if there is one of my friends that you're like, we've been reaching out to this person and not responding. Cause most people that I know would do this in a heartbeat and would love to chat with you guys. And it's been really fun. So cool. let me know if there's anyone that's that you need me to reach out. I'll yeah, put hey, a man. bug in their ear. 
Definitely. Hey, appreciate you stopping by. Good luck with the rest yeah, of the move. Of Thanks. You guys have a fantastic night. Thank you so much. Definitely. Right. Take Thanks. care. Bye, guys. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.